One, two, three, testing, testing. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> hi. Hi. I'm Sam. And you're Tim. I am Tim. And we are two podcast co-hosts. We had this little thing called Stats to Matter. We took a little break. Mm. We left. We lived a little life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we back on to the NFL regular season. Tim, what is going on? We got the week one schedule in the books. We're going to present our largest sports stories of the summer. And we're going to make our picks for week two. And our cups this week is an Imperial Stout from Saco, Maine. And a bourbon from Frankfort, Kentucky, which is going to be... I mean, I had a, I had a feeling once we you know, was back on our bullshit, you were going to be back on your bullshit. Even I yeah. wasn't ready for this. Now I feel like I got to step my game up. But yeah. look, follow us on Instagram at Stats of Matter. Thanks to all the, the day ones, twos, and threes who've been keeping the streams up still. India, we appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> and on Twitter at Stats Podcast for all things beer and sports. Find Stats No Matter wherever you get your podcasts. Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google. Let's get into the motherfucking show, Tim. Let's go. Let us Let's go. go. All right, so we we have been off the air mm. for you know we did our we did our little mid season break, but we had a lot of life that went on, right, Tim? Mm. Tell the listeners what you, what you've been up to, man. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I fucked around and had a kid. Uh, my daughter. <laughs> usually how it happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have a daughter now who uh, just turned seven months old. Uh, That's amazing. Is, Congratulations. Thank you. She is literally the best. Uh, so easygoing. So relaxed, uh, popped through two teeth without us even knowing it already. She came a little earlier than expected, which is part of the reason why things kind of got pulled on, put on hold here a little bit towards the end of pregnancy. Things got a little uh, dicey. She came out uh, about two months early, two and a half months early, but came out ready to go, happy, healthy, uh, didn't need any sort of assistance to breathe or eat, so that was all amazing. She was a little peanut. Needed some extra time to help regulate her body temperature. Shout out to the uh, the the NICU at um, St. Francis Hospital where we were. Mm. Um, fantastic, fantastic uh, little program there. So huge shout out to them. Uh, but lo and behold, everyone's doing well. My son loves her. Uh, she loves my son more than I think she loves the rest of us, <laughs> except for maybe the dog. Uh, but it's true. Everyone is happy. And healthy, my friend. I made it through the cuts, so I still have my uh, my decent, you know, exciting job. So all there things, all things are great. Yeah, it. You know, a lot of people check the waiver wire every time. I, I mean, I got a, I got a, a Twitter. Sorry, an X alert. That sounds weird to say. Still, way to go, Elon. It is. I have an actually, X. Quick, I have an X alert for these job cuts, yeah. <laughs> just to see. It's, uh, I mean? it's wild that they changed the name, yet everything still refers to it as. Uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Like, everything yeah. says that. It's like, we, yes. like, when do you cut that out? Uh, two months from now? Four months from now? I think everybody knows yeah, cold, that. Yeah. yeah, cold turkey is just not, not really the thing. Uh, well, congratulations to you. Um, I Thank took you. some time to do the, the toughest part of my master's program, writing, defending my thesis. Uh, and then I took the summer off. I was like, yo, hot, hot Sam summer. Mm. I've been playing a lot of golf. Okay. Okay. Look at me. I'm a golfer now. I'm not good. I'm like a 25 to 28 handicapper. I'm definitely nice. not good. Uh, but it's cool. You know, I tried one hobby for another. Uh, and then I got back into school in my last semester and I realized I should have just taken a class during the summertime because uh, this shit is for the birds. It was for the birds then. It's still for the birds mm. now. But foosball is back. Mm. It's hashtag go Hawks till we hoist the Lombardi. Hashtag fuck the Niners. Tim, let's get into it. Uh, and we need to do this right. We, look, look, I have a Imperial Stout here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
called 15 Angry Men. Yeah. It's imperial stout with vanilla, cacao nibs, toasted coconut, and blends for 12 months. Yeah. And four days. Hey, guess what? What? We read through all the names on that label. Hold on. Let me take a look on the front. Can I read the label? Yeah. Uh, drum. Yeah. Sabine. Shout out to Sabine. He got me a copy of this one. Uh, Latimer. Let's see. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Aaron's. Sullivan. What the fuck? It, you you got to have to point this out. Keep Is going. there something I should be noticing? Yeah, keep going, man. Uh, oh, my God. It says Krona. <gasps> You, did you get a custom beer? I made that shit. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just this is the biggest punk. Where's the camera? Where's the camera? This is bullshit. Uh, yeah. Oh my I god! Was, I'm part of the custom beer. I'm part of the 15 angry men that made that beer. We uh, we oh. selected the beer style, the adjunct ingredients, and what barrel it's going to be aged in. I have oh, uh, boy. I have 15 of those in my beer. Right good, good. Make one fall off the back of a truck. Let me ask. Let me ask the one question. Okay, yeah. as I'm wearing this Bristol Bros T-shirt. Yeah. Let me ask the one question. When did you all come up with the name 15 angry men? And was it before or after? After January 6th, because I'm pretty sure if it was after <laughs> January 6th, this shit is on a watch list somewhere, yeah, okay? Yeah, no, no, thanks so, for you uh, know. Actually, did it, did it go in? Uh, no, because I think we got them around wintertime, um, and it was when you, when you had to submit your label for printing, uh, we tossed a bunch of names back and forth, but the process for narrowing it down with 15 men with strong opinions uh, ended up being... Oh yeah, a bit of a challenge. So uh, it's like a fantasy football league, yeah. Except with an with an odd number. Yes, uh, yes, and that's what came out of it. Stuff. But uh, I have a couple more of those coming my way. Shout mm-hmm. out to one of the guys who is from uh, out of state. Is probably not going to come get his until later in the year, and is in between. Uh, no longer in between a year and six months ago, or eight months ago from when we made all of this. Because uh, at this point, that thing is probably almost coming up on two years old. Uh, oh, he's yeah. stopped drinking, so I'm gonna go snatch some more of those. So if you like it, mm. we'll send you down more. But let's get someone else's unbiased opinion. I shouldn't have told. Right, I should have told you. Damn it! I shouldn't have told you until mm. afterwards. Yeah, that'd have been something. Yeah. Oh. Mm. So <laughs> the vanilla cacao nibs and the, and the toasted coconut sometimes. When brewers make something with toasted coconut, they put way too much coconut in it, yep. and it's 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 chunky, it's raw, and it's not good. Right? It's yeah. a little chewy. You can tell they don't really strain out that much. This is this is really good though. Mm. Oh shit! I just noticed it's fifteen point five percent. Oh yeah, it's a big boy. Oh, it's uh, boy. it's amazing. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the dreams I'm going to have tonight. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're going to have me apparently. Uh, look, this is this is fantastic. I don't get it. A lot of bourbon bite, though. Yeah, which is by design. So okay. Uh, well, no, I don't want to lead the witness. You get you do okay. your thing first. It doesn't smell like a taste. Mm. The the two are completely separate. You get something completely different when you smell it, like more like an anise raisiny, like kind of like even a molasses like scent mm. a little bit, but no, that's good. I started the season four. Three. Four, Four three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'll Four take three. It. I'll take it. Uh mm. for our first go round and, and the first time we we designed a beer. Uh it was a rousing success, I would say. Uh yeah. Looking forward to do it again. Shout out to Bissell Brothers or not Bissell Brothers, sorry, shout, <laughs> shout out to Barrel Soul for offering up that uh that little program. They were fantastic to work with. And if you ever have an opportunity to, to jump in on it, 
we're doing round two uh soon here i think um do it it's phenomenal you get the entire yeah. barrel dedicated to yourself so the price is set you go in it solo you go into it with a group you choose between stout or barley wine you choose what adjuncts go into it you give them a list of barrels that you want it aged in they go out and they see what they can find you narrow it down and then bam they throw that bitch in a barrel and a year later you get a little uh a little barrel release party which is great why did you just out of curiosity why did you hold off on the on the bourbon bite because it, it, it isn't blanton's like known for its um, pronounced bite no we didn't we didn't necessarily we used we wanted the bourbon to offset the sweetness of the adjuncts because oh it definitely does yeah yeah so we thought that the the ingredients would balance each other out so it's not over the top with bourbon and it's not overly sweet it's like a, it's almost the perfect blend between those two and the coconut we had the same concerns that it either can come out tasting like suntan lotion um mm-hmm. depending on the quality that they used uh but in this particular case they crushed it uh we, we trusted them with the process everybody who's ever Trust had a barrel soul stout mm-hmm. uh knows mm-hmm. the quality that they produce so we we ran it by him, had some ideas. Uh, everybody contributed. We kind of went through uh, the the voting system until we continued to narrow it down until we got our our last three. So uh, yeah, quite good. Yeah, thank you. Quite good. Thank well, you, if we're you. if we're starting off with this four three, I know you're hiding a whale over there. I know you got something. We're a podcast for the people, Tim. So <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> bring the whale out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Uh, I sat on this one for a very long time, not sure when or if I was going to open it, if I was going to sell it. I got this by way of uh, some some shady Facebook deals. Um, no, I, <laughs> uh, I, I got this through uh, a buddy of mine and uh, paid well under the normal MSRP for it. But the resale value of this particular bottle is... Uh, in the four digits so it took me forever to decide whether i opened it and i decided because of my daughter and the completing of my family and coming home being happy and healthy fuck it we weren't selling it we were opening it so i am enjoying uh, a kentucky straight bourbon by the name of uh van winkle lot van winkle yeah it's their uh, special reserve 12 year lot b uh <clears throat> it's yeah I, I i decided that i probably wasn't going to have the opportunity to get another one of these because i'm never going to spend 1600 dollars on a bottle of whiskey so this pour i'm pouring right now is a i don't know 200 pour so uh totally worth it totally worth it cheers and for the listeners who are concerned no this is coming neat out of the glass no ice i verified that sam cheers buddy mm-hmm it's been a heck of a year. Glad to be back. Let's give this sucker all. Yep. 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 It's got that. Remember, let me let me refresh your memory. Yeah. Beers one to five. Whiskey one to ten. Yes. Yes. So honest, instant knee jerk review. I mean, well, I'm gonna bury I I've had this before, obviously. Mm-hmm. I brought it my daughter seven months old. So I opened it seven months ago. But I've been very frugal about my sips. So every time I have it, it's like a refresher. So um, 
I felt the same way when I opened it as I do now. Uh, I think I already did it on the program, but I have uh, a Wild Turkey Master's Keep 1, which is a blend put together by the uh, Master Distiller Father-Son Combo uh, at Wild Turkey. And while Wild Turkey that you're all used to drinking uh, off the shelf isn't great, that is the single best pour I've ever had. Um, even with this open, I still got to say the same thing. I would put this up there in like my top four, top five, but that master's keep is just in a whole nother level. Uh, it's a little higher, uh, proof. So you tend to get a little bit more flavor on it. This has a very strong, like sweet finish with, you can really taste the barrel out of this. Um, but it's only, uh, it's, it's 90 proof. And generally the higher the proof, the, the more flavor you can get out of it if you're accustomed to that bite. If you're not accustomed to that bite, you're just going to taste peppers and you're going to burn your throat. It's not going to be for you, but if you've had different whiskeys of different proofing levels, you tend to lean more towards those. So this, in my opinion, it's very smooth. It's incredibly, incredibly smooth. You got that, uh, I, I don't know what it's aged in, but uh, it's got like an oak, uh, like that wood aging finish to it right through the end of it there's no big bite at the end of it like it's one of the more smoother whiskeys i have and it's because of that lower proof um but it is it's got like a nice little sweet middle before that that barrel finish it is um i would say if you ever have an opportunity you can order this in some places for i don't know forty dollars fifty dollars a glass it's worth having just to say you've tried it um exactly kind of has a a little bit of that sort of like black licorice sort of subtlety to it i, I mean that it, it's a tough way to describe a whiskey because i'm not a big fan of black licorice and that immediately is going to turn a lot of people off but what it does is you have that sort of start and then it gives way to a sweetness and then you have that barrel finish that kind of comes in on the end so if you're a whiskey fan this will be in your top five price wise way overrated um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. flavor wise amazing uh not worth sixteen hundred dollars oh, yeah. I'd, I'd pay two hundred dollars for this it's but i mean it's well above blanton's and a lot of those other ones that a lot of people kind of hold at a high regard obviously um right next on my list i gotta try the pappy van winkle and the old rip and, and see how they all stack up but um yeah i'm gonna give this so one uh i'm gonna give it like a an eight six that's that's not bad at all. Um, no. You would think that me, not knowing enough about uh, the liquors mm. world, that I wouldn't know anything about that. But I have had uh, Pappy, mm. Pappy Thirteen. Nice. Yep. Uh, at a beer festival, actually. What? Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, shout out November Fest um, at Rustico, and uh, there was a beer tent, and then they they had like little mixed cocktails, and they said, "Hey, we're doing like limited pours." I think they had the uh, family reserve, and they had. Um, 10 13 and mm. and 15 i think yep. something like that um and charles got a pour absolutely loved it I, I i just got a little bit off it and i was like wow this is probably one of the best things ever y you know how like um have you ever had old absinthe like when you used to have to have a doctor's note to get absinthe like <laughs> you, you take you take a shot of it and it like immediately just sets your whole body on fire on the inside that's kind of what what van winkle is like like the first time you ever have it yeah or pappy you know what i mean it's just it's made so so well uh and then January of last year, I was in Grand Junction, Colorado, and I watched this guy buy the rest of a bottle from the bar. They're like, oh, it's too low. We can't sell it because it couldn't get a full bore out of it. This dude had like 
an eighth of a bottle of Pappy. And he just walked out of there paying like 50 bucks. And I, I, after he left, I just looked over at the bartender and I was like, I would have given you a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're probably like, that's why we don't do this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're like, well, they're just like, well, I mean, we don't price gouge here, but you know, like you're welcome to come back in, in two months when we have another one. That's still, I'm like, God damn. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the, uh, Tim. So real quick, I had to just look up to make sure, but the, yes, the, the barrel that it's aged in is an oak barrel. So you get a lot of that. It's got those like fruity sort of, um, uh, like dark fruit type flavor notes to it but the oak comes through quite a bit so go go try a glass very nice uh tim Mm -hmm. a lot of sports stories this past Mm -hmm. summer right Mm -hmm. i know we're Mm -hmm. we're pretty much in fall we're 10 days from fall and there's pumpkin spice fucking everywhere oh yeah um there's a there's about a lot of great sports that have happened since obviously we you know left off the podcast and and have now come back triumphantly yep um i also can't believe this is 15.5 percent because this is almost this just kind of tastes like a little bit of like chocolatey milk, and mm-hmm. this is going to be bad. Yeah. I'm going to have some really terrifying dreams later on tonight. <laughs> um, but a lot of big sports stories. Yeah. Brittany Griner, no longer in Russia. Shakari Richardson, back on her bullshit, killing it at the world stage. Max Verstappen, killing it in F1. Live PGA, merger drama llama. Celtics absolutely collapsing. Uh, the U.S. Women's National Team finally getting knocked off their block. There's just so Coco Golf. Yeah, when in the when in the open, there's just there's so much that has happened sports wise. Mm-hmm. But we gotta we gotta narrow it down to one thing. Give me your one big sports story that's happened since since we last spoke. Uh, I mean, obviously it would be the Live PGA Tour, but I feel like I'm glad you said but, that. Uh, let's but, let's well, go. I'm, I was gonna say, but I feel like <gasps> that's been oh, no. beaten to a oh, pulp. No. Uh, and at this point, everyone's heard every opinion that exists on it. So I vote to save the listeners from rehashing what was from five months ago. And we jump, okay. and I think we jump right to um, let's do the the U.S. Open because that was phenomenal. Coco Golf, yeah, uh, the f- fourth team to ever win the U.S. Open. Uh, I watched the entire match. It was incredible. Um, you thought she was going to get her ass kicked after the first uh, first set, the first right. set, or the first match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she I, I tried to slump it. First, what is it? Set and then match and then whatever. Uh, for the first, I don't know. I would say set and a half. Uh, it looked like she was going to get completely dominated, and then she just turned it on. And hit every shot she was trying to hit. Like uh, the the announcers and the broadcasters summed it up very well. Is that she was all over the place, and no matter what you were playing, she was returning the ball back to you. And it and it 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 made it very difficult to game plan around that because uh, the volleys were going on for like minutes on end. Uh, and it was a bu- I mean, it was it was very entertaining to watch. Um, I like her confidence afterwards. That'll be something interesting to watch because she kind of took on this, like, I'm the villain type role and everybody mm-hmm. doubted me, but I don't know if there was a whole lot of people doubting her. She had an entire stadium rooting for her to the point that... Little Wayne <laughs> in the stands. <laughs> yeah. Loving it. To the point that they were rooting for her enough and they were booing anytime she didn't score. Not booing her, uh, but then to come out and say my haters and, and all this stuff, it it just felt very uh, 
I mean, it's like Deion Sanders, right? He's rubbing people the wrong way, coming out, playing like the victim card and, and everybody, it's me against the world and all that. And it's like, who? Everybody's oh, yeah. rooting for you. Like, you have everybody. everybody in your corner trying to pull for you. And now, granted, uh, you know, she sees all the media pundits from all over the world and she probably looks at all that kind of stuff, probably more than I do. But I don't know if I ever got the the haterade or, or, or any of the, the victim type mentality or or any of that, but it was super entertaining to watch. She set herself up for some long-term success, and that'll be a lot of fun to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think something that a lot of people have probably missed here, tennis has been a perennial sport, Yeah, right? It, it just occupies a, a certain part of the year, and yeah. we all just kind of watch it. Usually not the beginning parts or the beginning rounds, but there's always, like, there was that, that French tennis player who, like, flipped out and, like, smacked his his racket on the ground a couple of times and like you know yep yeah he, he, he was he was from france right i think yeah um you know it's been a long time since you know agassi and i mean joe Gat, how do you even say his name Djokovic. yeah joke okay <laughs> uh federer right like th- there are just so many uh, kornikova for example yeah there are just so many great tennis stories and of course you can't forget the, the williams sisters but so many great tennis stories and now we got Coco Goff. Yeah. And I feel like tennis is the next sport that needs, sneakily, needs like a full swing or a drive to survive, like behind the scenes show. Yeah. I'd eat that shit up. I would eat it up. I think we all know tennis. And most of us know tennis because it's it's an absolute pain in the dick to play. Yeah. Um, so you really appreciate the athletes who go out there on hard clay and do it back and forth or on grass, you know what I mean? Or on like regular like courts. So, yep. pickleball may be the fastest growing sport in America. I don't give a fuck about it. I don't want to watch no full, full swing, drive to survive style. I want, I want to see this about tennis. Yeah. I need all of those behind the scenes stories. Netflix, listen. I'm going to say it to my phone. Where's my phone? I'm going to say it. <laughs> so, hopefully, hopefully, Apple's listening. Netflix tennis show. Yeah, I was really hoping for uh, the men's final. We would have a little bit of a change up because tennis is one of those sports that's been dominated by like five names for the last, I don't know, two decades. And sure enough, Djokovic pulled it off again this year. So we have, uh, you know, kind of the same name floating around and, and you were kind of hoping for some sort of change at the, at the top, but, uh, that has not come to pass. There's a bunch of, uh, a bunch of guys who showed some promise that you hope over the next few years might, uh, maybe run away with it. A little change in the guard, a la golf, that golf mm-hmm. seems to be having, which has been yeah. fantastic. Although, you know, we don't have to touch on it now, but there's been a resurgence of some of the, the names that have been around for a little while. You saw Rory. Finau, Sagala. Yep. Uh, Rory's. Fitzpatrick. Back playing well. And then you have other guys mm-hmm. who are kind of sneaking up a little bit with Shopley and, and some of those guys. But, you know, a lot of the big names had been floating around running the show for a long time have kind of given way to, to some of these newer guys. And now with the live merge, you know reintroducing Kepka who came back and had immediate success and uh Dustin who had some immediate success. Maybe maybe we see a return from some of those old guys who if anybody watched the Netflix special Kepka, it was actually, you know, I have mixed feelings about the guy. I I mm-hmm. I was kind of on board after the Netflix show because it showed, you know, all of the concerns and maybe some of the reason why he is the way that he is. But then 
and went right back to being on his bullshit during the mm-hmm. season and constantly complaining about everything. And, you know, it's like, shut up. Just shut the fuck up and play. You can't be the exactly. one complaining about everything all of yeah. the time. Like, this course is the worst. And these guys are playing slow. And did you playing great golf? Shut up. Keep playing. And now he's on, uh, he's on the USA team. So hopefully we'll continue to see some decent golf uh but i wouldn't mind if they just stopped putting the camera on him for a little while yeah it you know i i was telling someone after the after the merger happened i was like look this this was always probably in lives lives uh business plan right we're gonna throw a bunch of money at people we're gonna take as many people away as possible but the first time we met him we win a major event that we're not exempted from yeah you have to you have to deal with us we're, yeah. we're now at the table you have to listen to what we have to say and it was it was always going to be tough but yes Looking forward to season two of Full Swing. It's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. Gonna be nuts. Okay, we are a football podcast mostly. Yeah, and the NFL Week One. Yeah, did not disappoint. Not from the kickoff on Thursday Night Football between Chiefs and the Lions, and it didn't disappoint all the way to Bills Jets on Monday Night Football. Mm. That being said, you got three games. I got three games. Let's go through this. Give us give us your first game of Week One. That uh, that that you really enjoyed, um, in no particular order. Uh, I think the the Bucks Vikings one was a game I was really looking forward to see how they were going to transition away from Brady, what that plan was going to look like. There's still a lot of what ifs on that team in terms of um, who's you know. There's still holdouts. There's some contract negotiations that are still going on. So we don't know quite. Uh, most of them have resolved, but we, there are some guys who are still, I think, a little shy to get overly involved because they were hoping for better contracts. Uh, Mike Evans was hoping for something. He gave up money to help structure the team when Brady was here because they had a chance to win. Now he wanted more money, and they declined to do that. So you kind of wonder, is he going to go and ball out this year because he is uh, looking for a new contract from another team next year? Uh, if he's going to kind of slowly ride it out a little bit to avoid injury to sign with another team, I don't think I don't think he's got enough um, equity to take any time off and hope to ride on a reputation. Otherwise, he's going to end up on a team like the Jets or the Lions or a, a team that's looking to add something but may not be a contender. They just want to add a body, and he is a capable body. Uh, so that's something I'm going to kind of keep an eye on throughout the season, but I really wanted to see how Baker Mayfield was going to fare. Um, and oddly enough, uh, across the entire league, production from quarterbacks, good and bad, was all relatively the same. And some of the folks you might not expect big changes or big outputs to come from balled out. Um, oh, yeah. Baker Mayfield, in this case, uh, 173 yards. Is all it took. Some late-game heroics. Managed to uh, managed to pull this one off. Um, Kirk Cousins, though, is on the other side, where you think moderate production. 344 yards. Through two touchdowns, 33 attempts. Uh, he did have an interception, but finished with a 102.8 rating. So he had a, a, a great night. Just uh, ended up coming up short. I'm not sold on the Baker Mayfield show just yet. I think uh, you can only rely on some late-game heroics and, and 
uh, some come from behinds to for so long before uh, you know you kind of run out of real estate. So I don't know if Tampa's a team that's built for winning. Uh, we got to see kind of what he looks like and, and whether or not he can uh, get a little more production from uh, from the arm and from the passing game. Threw two touchdowns, but they were two short touchdowns. It wasn't like he was out there bombing. Yeah. The longest pass of the day was 28 yards. So he wasn't out slinging it all over the place. We'll have to kind of watch and see. Uh, he did finish with only 11 yards on the, on the ground, which you would you would think would that number would be higher to compensate for the low uh, yardage in the air. But uh, no, I mean, there isn't anybody who really stood out on that team as, as a difference maker. Everybody on the entire team was uh, under 70 yards total for the entire game. So I don't know if this is uh, – I think this is a misstep on the Vikings side more so than a success sure. on the on the Buck side. I mean, <laughs> Justin Jefferson had like a billion yards. <laughs> I mean, maybe not a billion, but he 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 definitely he definitely got moving and shaking there. Um, but yeah, the the Vikes definitely home opener yeah. too. Justin, uh, he finished uh-huh. with 150 yards. So yeah, I know he, that's what I'm saying. So he finishes with 150 yards. Cousins finishes with 344 yards, and you still lose the game. You still lose the game. Yeah, yeah. That, it, it was it was it was crazy. Yeah, it's because they have no run game to speak of. They finished the 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 most yardage on the ground total was 30. Dalvin Cook yards. is yeah. loving that. We'll talk yeah. about Dalvin in a little bit here. Uh, okay. First game, Cardinals, Commanders, okay? I wrote in the pregame, Eric Bianmi, don't let us down. And they did not. Uh, if you're a Commanders fan, you're probably like, yo, this is a rebuilding year for us. We're not going to do anything too crazy. Then Sam comes out there. He fumbles. He throws a pick. He runs a touchdown in. He throws a touchdown. And the team generally looks competent. And you're just sort of like, wait a minute. Maybe Eric knows exactly what he's doing. And then you're just like, uh, I look, I'm not, th- I'm not saying Sam Howell is a poor man's Patrick Mahomes, okay? Whoa. I'm not going to go that Whoa. far. Not even close. Not Whoa. even close, okay? But I'm going to say that the Commanders had a bit of a spark. Now, again, you got to take it with a grain of salt because they faced a backup quarterback Arizona Cardinals team. But, again, a win is a win. There's a lot of teams that didn't get a win this week, so it's a very, very, very big deal. Um, Arizona, I got a lot of questions, man. Hmm. Got a lot of questions, and they've not been solved since the offseason. They've not been solved since Kyler Murray was photographed wearing that sports bra, which is a performance vest, which <laughs> if you go to the, the company's website, they show that you should wear it over a shirt, and he wore it like the guy from the longest yard, like Zeke Elliott back in the day. So, um, cool, I suppose. But uh, I don't know what Big Red is doing. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, desert is, uh, the desert's a funky place. Tim, give us your second team. Uh, I mean, there's no way we can go without talking Jets, Bills, because that, mm. um, that one, that one is a wild one, because obviously the reputation of Allen and the Bills, um, but I think what we, what we saw, I mean, I say this a lot with Patrick Mahomes and that the league is eventually going to figure it out, no matter how good you are, there's a game plan right. for it. The Jets' defense looked amazing in this game, and what I can't mm-hmm. tell if this is just hints of what we saw last year, because one of the things I think that goes under-discussed, they're not talked about enough, is the turnover aspect of Josh Allen's game. Like, he is good for a fumble or a pick almost every, every single game, 
if not more than one, and this is a prime example of it. He threw three interceptions and he to f- the same guy. And he fumbled twice and lost one of them. And that fumble that he lost, in my opinion, was worse than the butt fumble. The ball came in. Granted, you could say it was on the center for hiking it too soon, but anyway, it bounced off Allen's face. He mm-hmm. picked it up and took off running straight ahead, ran into his own man, body to body, just smush, and then fumbled it. So there were two fumbles on that play, and he ended up ultimately losing it. And that that that's what lost them the game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I, I mean, I'm not a fan in any capacity, but that's a tough way to go out. It just goes to I'd show agree. that, uh, and in my opinion, I think this is it. I mean... Who knows? Maybe he comes back and says, you know, that's not how I want to go out. But that is a really tough, really, really tough injury to to bounce back from for a young player, let alone someone who's, you know, 40 in a couple weeks. Um, I'd hate to see him rehab for a year, fight to come back. I don't think he would be ready to start next season. It would probably be like after the beginning of the season and then get re-injured and then go out again a second time. Uh, yeah. I think you're really, I, I think you're really hanging a lot of potential money on someone like that who has a really high injury risk. And I don't think, I don't think it's the juice is worth the squeeze there. The offensive line is terrible. Uh, Zach Wilson was constantly under duress the entire game. And I mean, shout out to him. They put him in a really difficult situation the entire preseason, all of the news coverage, all of the media. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. There was almost no consideration given into like, hey, what if this old guy gets hurt? How do we game plan for this? So he literally got injected into a system four plays into a game that was built around Aaron Rodgers, and your job was then to figure it out and do what you can. Uh, He made some really ugly throws. He made some really bad Mm -hmm. throws, but he also made some really good throws. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback uh, for the entire season. Um, Garrett Wilson. Gold. Well, Garrett Wilson saved him from an interception that it by With that by by some miracle turned into a yeah. touchdown. That was that was focus and attention. So that was that was amazing. But he really bailed him out there. Otherwise, that wouldn't have been a, a touchdown. That was easily a turnover. So. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, he finished with only 140 yards, did actually throw an interception on the game, um, got sacked twice. So it's wasn't the the prettiest game by any means, um, but you kind of expected that yeah. when Aaron Rodgers went out. Yeah. You, you thought this was going to be a Hold on. One sec. Those are coyotes in my backyard. Yeah. So what happened? That was fucking terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Oh my. Did you see him? Oh yeah, I could see him. Like all back in the woods. As soon as I turned the light on, uh um they like all scattered, but oh my god, that was they were literally a hundred yards out, right on the edge of the woods, and it sounded like they were murdering a dog, which is the only reason I went out. <laughs> Right, because he, your pup, he's, he wasn't outside. No, he was here. I was worried about the neighbor, like, a neighbor's dog. I don't even know. I was going to go out and 
shoo him away. But holy. Tim, do you do you actually live in the state where the worldwide leader is headquartered, or do you live in <laughs> right? fucking Alaska? Where, I don't even where, know. Where, where, where do you live that you are part of the food chain? Dude, I feel like it's Yosemite oh, out there. But anyway. Yeah. Uh,. I was going to start humming the theme song for Yellowstone. Yeah. But I, I don't know it because I don't watch it. <laughs> I, I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, uh, we're talking about Zach Wilson. Is he the guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson. Uh, no. He's, I don't I don't think he's the guy. Um, I also, I, I think this is a, a bigger uh, concern for the Bills and what this means for, I mean, you know Josh Allen's going to be fine. They're going to come out and they're going to win a couple games. But, um, you know. The Jets, I would say, are probably a top ten top ten defense, but they, you know, this game made them look like they were a top three, top five defense going up against uh, a team like the Bills. Uh, Allen's got to get this figured out. I mean, if it was any mm-hmm. other quarterback, we would be talking about the turnover problems. But because he finds ways to, ways to go out and win these games, we kind of let him slide for some reason. Um, but. He's got to get it. He's got to get it in check. Uh, he had 41 attempts and he only had 236 yards. Uh, pass rating was 62.7. I think he finished with like seven or eight fantasy points. It was just an all around awful game for him. Uh, continues to go out and take big hits, which are ultimately going to add up. At one point, he tried to leap over somebody and got smashed. So, um, <laughs> a lot of red flags, a lot of concerns for. Uh, for this team, um, but shout out to Brees Hall, man. I have a bet going with a guy in one of my fantasy Oof. leagues that he's going to finish with more points, uh, more fantasy points than Dalvin Cook, and we got a bottle riding on it. And while I know this is only one game out the gate, uh, in ten carries he had 127 yards. The Dalvin Cooks 33 yards on 13 carries, so um, both of them finished with about 20 and 26 yards uh, uh, passing. So. Brees Hall, on my fantasy team, uh, we had an auction draft in which I bought him, so I'll, I'll take it, uh, but that was that was one of the best takeaways from that entire game. We'll have to see what happens with Wilson. There's a bevy of quarterbacks that they could go to and try to pull someone back. There was some discussion about whether or not Brady should come back and do it. I wouldn't because that line is terrible, but... I mean, you yeah. got you got those guys in the wing that the media loves to to villainize and talk about. You have both Cam Newton, you have Colin Kaepernick, who, mm-hmm. despite getting multiple tryouts, has not been given an offer. So I actually think that speaks more to his skill set than what he uh, could negatively bring to the team. I think he d- he just doesn't have it. Um, but there's a bunch. I think, of I think guys. he's just been out of the league for. I think he, he might been out of the league for too long. Yeah. But the, there's some t- defensive terminology that I don't think will set him up. You know, they, they probably do have to try and trade for someone that's a Jacoby Brissett, for example, if he's still playing and available. Yeah. I'm, you might need someone who can come in and be a serviceable starter for you day one. I mean, you have, like, Matt Ryan is still floating around. You have... Um, Nick Foles, Nick did Foles. he retire? You have Nick Foles floating around. So there, there are guys that they could potentially bring back, and it would have to be someone who um, doesn't really have a legacy to burn joining a team that has a terrible offensive line. Like nobody wants to yeah. come back to, su- to to suck it up for sixteen weeks or probably twelve weeks by the time they join the team and, and get up to speed. So I think it's the Zach Wilson show until something spectacular comes up, and maybe it's maybe this is kind of the eye opener that he needs. He's going to need a better performance than this, though. He had fourteen completions oh, for sure. Day, so yeah, pretty bad. Uh, Bengals Browns Joe Burrow. 
a drop in a $245 million bucket. Three points. Yep. Three fucking points. Yep. For everyone who's saying that it's going to be Niners Bengals in the Super Bowl this year, not slumping out the gates like that. No. I, I wanted to hate on Deshaun just because, okay? Um, since we last recorded, obviously, he has settled the majority of his lawsuits. I still think, but there's smoke, there's fire. So, like, I'm still not a fan of him. I didn't, you know, in any mock draft or any any one of the seven fantasy leagues I'm in this season, when he was available to take a quarterback, passed. Just not doing it, yeah. right? So, um, you know, some of the memes that came out after that game where it was like Deshaun throws a touchdown and points to heaven and God is like, not fam. <laughs> Point somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the Browns should have been an, a team that the Bengals should have put away. Yeah. You have the strength at receiver. Maybe you don't have the strength at running back. Maybe at D-line, you're not that great. But at quarterback, at receiver, at defensive back, at head coach, I would say you're better. And to not put up more than a field goal the entire game. And I get it. It's a rain game, except the other team put up 24. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for a team that wants to be known as a Super Bowl hopeful, that's not acceptable. It just isn't. Um, it just, I, I wish, I wish, I wish there would have been something different, but every quarterback who got paid a boatload of money this summer did not produce week one. Right. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things like we just took our eye off the ball, took our foot off the gas, didn't want it more than the other team, whatever way they want to dress it up. Like you did not perform week one. Hmm. I'd say there's, I mean, there's an argument that he's, he's, you know, he came into the, First game injured or coming off of an injury, so I think there's like definitely a level of of rust associated with that. Um, oh, for sure. But yeah, it's that was one of those surprising underachieving teams um, that I think is worth you know following. But I think they're going to be you know, are we kidding? We know they're going to be fine long term. Uh, we hope. Yeah. We absolutely hope because if it's rain, I, I don't have faith in him anymore. <laughs> I, I've never been that guy to look at like the DraftKings uh, like weather reports, but oh, what's going to happen? But now I'm like, ah, you know, dude, <laughs> you kind of screwed the pooch week one. So we'll see. I mean, if his injury was that bad, mm-hmm. then the team definitely downplayed it. Oh, he's day to day, but he didn't go on IR like Cooper Cup did. So it's like, oh, uh, how bad could it have been? You know what I mean? I want to talk about it. I have him uh, in my keeper league. <laughs> and that hurts my feelings. Uh, yeah, it's all good. We'll we'll get there. Get to your next game so we can finish out this week. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so this one is one of the ones on the opposite ends of the spectrum where everybody had low expectations going into this game. And in my opinion, I think it proved a little bit more about this team than we thought. And I think, and we're going to be talking about uh, the Pats and the Eagles, right? Everybody thought the Eagles coming into this game were predetermined Super Bowl contenders and they were going to come in and, and blow out the Pats because Mac Jones, whatever. Uh, Who? I didn't see any of that. And if you look, if you watch the game, or if you didn't watch the game, you just kind of followed along with the scores, you might think that the game uh, was a, a bigger blowout than what it was for the first half. They were really, and, and I've argued this a lot, they need to reclassify tipped balls as something other than interceptions, regardless of what the outcome is after the ball has been tipped. Call it something else, because this is a scenario where if you look at the stat sheet, you're going to see Mac Jones do an interception. 
literally went right off the hands of the receiver and happened to land comfortably in the hands of Darius Slay, who was, you know, waiting in the wings, grabbed it, and took off running for a... a like 70? A 70-yard touchdown. So that happened, and then Zeke Elliott fumbled the ball. Just sloppy weather, sloppy play, a lot of poor ball management. Um, but offensively as a whole, they looked really good, even a lot of those drives. Unfortunately, the drive where he, he threw the interception, that was a strong drive. The, uh, the fumble, that was another situation where they had a lot of promise and ultimately ended up coughing it up, so they turned up nothing. But Mac Jones looked pretty solid. He was 35 of 54, had 316 yards, and had three touchdowns. Uh, the second half of the game, that offense was just on fire. Now, the defense, the entire game ran the table. That The, the Pats defense is a very scary-looking defense if they can continue to play at that level, right? The Eagles are they're no slouches. That should have been a more difficult team. Uh, they held them uh, to six points in the second half after giving up 14 in the first seven of those obviously was for a, a, a pick six, but um, sorry, they held them to, to nine points in the second half and 16 to the first half, but they didn't score in the second quarter. They only got a field goal in the third and they had two field goals in the fourth. So, I mean, this game was, you know, expecting to be a blowout, even though they lost this game, it was a lot closer than what everybody expected it to be, and if it wasn't for those two early that that tip in the in the early fumble, this game had an entirely different look. And of course, you can say that about yeah. every single game, right? You can say that, oh well, yeah, that you're right. It, if it wasn't for those two, they could have won, but they did fumble the ball and they did throw an interception. This is one of those scenarios where I don't think that necessarily translates to the quality of the team. They were just, you know, uh, either rust or whatever. Um, uh, even though they, they walked away with the, the loss in this one, I still think there's a lot of positives to take away. That defense is going to be uh, a top 10 defense this year if they can continue to play this way. Again, it's week one. Try not to overreact and get too crazy. If they continue to play at this level, they'll be a top 10 defense. If Mac Jones continues to play the way that he is, the, Who? <laughs> the, the Eagles defense. You didn't think I forgot. Uh, I was hoping he did. Uh, yeah. Nick Sirianni and his team, I mean, they run a very good defensive team um, that just happens to have explosive offense. And to go out and compete the way that they did, I think there's a lot of positives to take away from here. Yep. Get, remove seven points from the board for that uh, for that pick six, and it's an entirely different look. Like, obviously, it could change the whole dynamic of the game. You never know, but... I, I think this is a scenario where the Pats run away with this one. Which would have been absolutely stunning yeah. week one, ha- had that come to fruition. All right, I'm going to finish up week one talking about my beloved Seahawks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look, Cooper Cup on IR, mm-hmm. hamstring. So you're thinking, there's no way we lose this game. You got to kill Metcalf, comeback player of the year in Geno Smith, Jackson Smith and Jigba, got a dual team of running backs. Defense is looking good. This should be a dub. Home opener. Dub. And first half, 14-13. Great. Great. The Rams always have our number, so like th- this is where we want to be. Second half, Rams, 250 yards. Seattle, three. 
But go back and read that again. Go back and read the box score. Like, what the fuck happened? Who was Puka Nakua? <laughs> I don't even know. He went to BYU. First of all, how's a guy named Puka Nakua go to BYU? Because that sounds like something that is like not accepted at BYU um, from a sexual act standpoint. I'm just saying it. Okay. And then second of all, this guy basically just did whatever Cooper Cup would have done and just accomplished exactly what Cooper Cup would have accomplished had he been in the game. Mm. So, Seattle completely fell asleep at the wheel. DK getting upset and letting people chirp at him and then shoving the, the, the quarterback to the ground for the coaches. Look, you don't, you're not playing in the backyard anymore. You're playing in the NFL. You got to be smart about those things. You got Bobby Wagner coming back to the team. And he's like, hey, I'm interested to see what the chess match is. And the chess match, as Sean McVay said, I don't need Cooper Cup. I can beat you with a guy from BYU, which is the absolute truth. That the, the clip that's been going around on social media, Aaron Donald comes off a stunt where he looks like he's unblocked. Yeah. Just, he's like a scud missile headed for Geno Smith. And Geno, or one of the players, is mic'd up and he goes, oh my God. And he just throws it away. Geno. That's exactly... Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I feel every time I see Aaron Donald snap. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I'm like, this guy has your number. He's had your number for years. Throw four people to defend Aaron Donald, okay? Four people. It should, it should be okay. Yeah. You should block him with four people, you know what I mean? But it's just like, oh my goodness. The Seattle Seahawks just fell absolutely flat week one. And it helps that Russ lost too, okay? So, <laughs> you know, like that's that's good for the team, but you don't want to lose in front of the 12s, man. Yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful September day, partly cloudy, mm. sunny, 70. And this game, because it was the same time as the Dolphins game, 425, this game reminded me a lot of the 43-8 loss during the Todd Gurley era where I had a chance to go to the game when I lived in Washington. And for whatever reason, I couldn't go. And I just sat there and watched it, and it got worse and worse and worse. And I just drank more and more as the game went on. Mm. Uh, and that was like a rain game, but like Todd Gurley just took over the game. And I think he had like 200 yards or something like that. It was absolutely insane. But like the Rams just have the Seahawks number. Mm. We swept them one year. You got to get over that. Like it's a brand new team. Everyone has said they won five games last year. They're not going to be good. And it's clear the Rams want to go ahead and make that not a thing anymore. So like, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Cool. We talked a whole bunch of shit and we didn't back anything up and we didn't do anything more than score three points. Like, and we, I don't think we scored anything in the second half. It was just, it was a bad, bad, bad game. I just, I, you, you want to burn the tape, but I also want to, like, no, I need you to go back and dissect that and figure out exactly what Sean McVay has on you. Cause if he put it on film, every other team's going to see it. Oh, yeah. Um, funny enough. Uh, nothing funny about that, Tim. No, nothing funny. No, no. Nothing funny. Um, one of my favorite things about the well, this is going to sound terrible because I don't want to say my favorite thing about Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. One of the most ironic things about Aaron Rodgers getting hurt is the uh, during the series, and he's out going back and forth with somebody, and he runs to the sideline, and they're like, oh, oh, he's hyping him up. He's like, I, I gave him something that was uncombackable, uh, uncombackable, meaning he insulted the gentleman with something he couldn't come back from and that was yeah. that was i don't even know who you are yeah but guess what you know what you can't come back from? um yeah, yeah, an Achilles yeah. he tear. gave you a <laughs> he gave you an uncombackable yeah. for uh, a puka nakua if you will yeah. um no listen 
We're going to move into week two here. But yeah. I got one thing to say about watching Aaron Rodgers carry old Gorley through the tunnel last night and run the field like he was Captain fucking America was disgusting. Yeah. Because this man has been all about conspiracy theories to begin with. He's Joe Rogan's you know podcast buddy. Um, Djokovic was playing and, and Aaron Rodgers' story was like, oh, guess you didn't need the vaccine. Like, oh, one thing after another. Okay. We're recording this after September 11th, but like, he asked, like, Deshaun Kaiser said on a podcast in 2022 that, like, Rogers was like, oh, did you do your research about 9 11? Did it really happen? Like, what a fucking douchebag. Yeah. And then for him to be out there running with the flag, like, old glory, I don't waste, I don't, I don't want people to get hurt. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I don't want people to get hurt. Okay. But, ah, God yes, damn, a, dude. Like, a, come on, man. There's a very aggressive level of pandering that goes on, I think, in his, um, yeah. like, once, once he, Opened up and started talking about his ayahuasca, which I guess, you know, shout out Jared Martin, uh, Nightshade Vegetables, Trump, uh, ayahuasca, apparently, uh, <laughs> even in your latter years. Uh, but no, once it started becoming the, like, political pandering and his appearances on the, the Pat McAfee show, talking about whatever, and then the Joe Rogan side of things, it just became really distracting it's- and really weird. And it it became a huge turnoff, and it makes you wonder. You know, you hear you kept hearing about the estrangement from his family, how none of his family liked him. You saw his brother out in the public eye, hosting programs, and seemed to be relatively likable. Like on the Bachelorette, yeah. Like I don't know behind the scenes what's going on there, but it's starting to paint a little bit of a picture for everyone to see that me. Maybe we don't blame yeah, his family. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I just feel bad for the Pat McAfee show, now signed by the Worldwide Leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now every Tuesday, yeah, he's going to have an Aaron Rodgers to talk about what? We're going to break down game film? I mean, what the fuck is well, he going to do? Might as well get him prepped for, uh, uh, he might as well get him prepped for his broadcasting career because, like I said. Oh, God. I don't, I don't know if I can handle that. Nah, I don't, I don't know if I can. I don't, All right. I don't think he's built for coaching. So, if anything, I think his future leans maybe more towards broadcast, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's get into week two here. Yeah. Tim, give me the three games. You know, we'll, we'll go one game, one game at a time. One game that you think in week two is going to be a great game to watch. Uh, I got to go Bills-Raiders because I want to see what this new Raiders-Garoppolo situation looks like. Because they had a little bit of success. He had some of the same late game heroics that he has demonstrated before. I think he has the capability of being a great quarterback. Not a, a, an above average quarterback if he managed to stay healthy for an entire season. And I think this offense gives him the ability to, to kind of lean into some of that. Uh, I think Josh McDaniels, while I still have a lot of doubts on whether or not he's uh, a quality head coach, I think uh, given the history between those two, um, there at least there's some familiarity that's there. That he kind of knows what he can do in terms of, of game planning. Um, I mean, Garoppolo was efficient with the ball last, last week. He only had six incompletions on two touchdowns and 200 yards. Um which is a lot more efficient than Josh Allen was. I think, I think this could be potentially uh, another weird upset game for the Bills because you think I think going into this game everyone's going to assume 
the Bills are going to run away with this. You assume that anything they go up against, they're going to run away with. But I think you know a little bit of a new look, uh, riding off a little bit of some uh, a little bit of success. I think this could be. I think this could ultimately end up being one of those that uh, surprises us a little bit, and I and I like to see the momentum. I, I'm always pulling for Garoppolo. I still wish we had held on to him in New England and tried to build around him and see what was there. I was disappointed when we offloaded him. Glad to see he had some success in San Fran, but the injury bug just, you know, never quits with him. So I don't think there's any longevity there. But I I like to see that they've kind of figured something out for him, and I want to continue to see how this kind of pans out. I mean, it was too close of a game to a team I think they should have beat in uh, in Denver. Um, I don't think Denver is... Uh, I mean, I don't think they're even in the top half of the league in terms of defense or <laughs> offense. So that's a little bit of a concern. But if they come out and they beat the Bills, I think that's a bigger eye-opener. It could be a bounce-back game for Allen, shaking the rust off, uh, figuring it out and kind of hitting a stride. If that happens, you know, we're going to see some vintage point scoring. Uh, but we'll have to see. I'm, I'm actually pulling for the Raiders in this one. So you're going Raiders. Yeah. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, first game, Vikings-Eagles. We need to see if Kirk's about that life, right? Uh, week one, you run headlong into a, a Bucks team that has nothing to lose. And you want to lose those types of games in September. You don't want to lose them when playoff seating is on the line, especially if home field advantage is, is, is there. And this was a great game last year. So, like, we, we really need to see if Kirk's about that life, and I need to see if the Eagles are the team they claim to be. Jalen Carter, one-man wrecking ball. Howie Roseman has been excellent at putting a defensive line together. Yet, 25 points. And as you succinctly pointed out, seven of those 25 were given to them by Darius Slay, an all-world quarterback. Absolute menace on the field. For an MVP candidate and Jalen Hurts, a guy who went to the Super Bowl, a guy who scored three touchdowns by himself in the Super Bowl. I get it, it's Bill Belichick, but like, come on, man. So, I don't think this game gets any easier because, you know, Brian Flores is now the defensive coordinator for the Vikings. He's part of the Belichick coaching tree. I don't think it's a simple game for them this week, and I, I want to go upset here. I really do. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to. I'm going to stick with the Eagles because it's the safe pick, and I'm just going to say, like, they're going to eke it out. But I could see this being a, a 24-21 kind of game, and I could see the headlines Monday morning. Yeah. Where is the Eagles' offense? Why do we pay Jalen all this money? Why do we think he's the future of offensive football when the league has clearly caught up? And, yeah, Devonta Smith had a touchdown. Yeah. But you have 18 running backs on your roster. Yep. <laughs> we can't figure out who you're going to go with. Are you doing it for injury history or are you doing it because you don't plan on running the ball because you just plan on using Jalen and then throwing to the receivers? Because at some point in the season, there's going to be a coach who figures out how to stop that. So, like, stack all the wins in the early part of the season where you can. But, right. Eggles, let's go. Um, I'm picking this game not because it's New England and I'm a New England fan. I'm picking it because I think this is going to be a good test for both sides of the ball. And I'll kind of tell you what we can expect out of these teams going forward, right? We know Bill Belichick can game plan with the best of them. And the Dolphins last week uh, put on a clinic, but mostly on the back of Tyreek Hill. 
And one of the things we mm-hmm. know Belichick is really good at is taking away your strengths. In, in a lot of teams that he's managed, not every one of them. Um, but I think this defense potentially has the capability of doing that and forcing two into some uncomfortable situations. So I think this one's interesting because it, it I think it's going to be a bigger test for the Dolphins. Um, but I want to see how New England does against, I mean, New England's schedule is, is off to a tough start. Uh, and I think this might be, uh, a better gauge, maybe, if we go back-to-back games and, and we have any level of success, uh, I think this is another one of those situations where um, it kind of proves to us closer to what the medal might be for the Patriots. I don't think anyone really settles into what they're going to be until week four, week five. Um, you're putting your game plans into real motion. It's not, uh, you know, it's not preseason. Those... Early season, bu- uh, early season injuries are now underway. You've made your adjustments, and now you're you have a look at uh, you have a feel for what your team's going to be for the next you know half dozen weeks. Um, so, if Jones can come out and have any any level of success like he had before, I mean, Bourne's emerging as a superstar on that. T- well, it's literally to say superstar. He's emerging yeah. as as a star <laughs> on that team by. Yeah. Like his route, by virtue of being the only guy to catch passes. Well, I mean, his route running is fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, I think if we can continue to get him open and give him opportunities, I think he's going to be one that's going to um, continue to shine because it's if it's anything like last week, he bailed. He was their kind of go-to when they needed to get uh, get out of trouble, and he was able to provide. Quite a bit. I mean, New England was like this close to running away with that game, but you threw to a, a rookie receiver who on fourth and eleven, right? Yeah, who made the catch but didn't drag the toe. Right, he made the the rookie mistake. He made the of, NCAA catch. Yeah, he made the rookie mistake of of catching it in stride, going out of bounds, and that unfortunately in this league doesn't count. But he still got juju juju. You can kind of work in, which they had some success with. Stevenson didn't really get going. Uh, they had answers for him. They're going to make some adjustments, see if they can d- get some better plays for him. Elliott didn't really get going. Hunter Henry emerged as a as a go-to when you're in trouble. There, I think they went for it on, four, on fourth down like seven times or something in that game and converted like four of the seven. One of them would have been converted at the end of the game when he went out of bounds and ultimately turn the ball uh, turn the the ball over to back to the Eagles but this one I think is going to be a bigger eye opener for both teams you're going up against a quality team that's known for making their adjustments if you can find ways to win when they remove Tyree Kill from majority of your game plan which I don't know how you do that if you can do that and you still go out and win you're a legitimate you know top tier team who can go out right you you now have caused problems for teams trying to game plan because right now the game plan is neutralize Hill, you're going to have success. Well, if New England comes out and they do that and they still come out and beat you with Waddle because he's almost just as fast, uh, you know, that's a a tough one-two punch. If New England comes out and manages to win this game, I think we got to start changing the conversation about New England. Their defense is already top tier. Maybe Mac Jones starts to make the turn. This is going to need to give up. I mean, in my opinion, if they go out and they keep this game close, I think we need to start changing the conversation we have about Mac Jones, that offense, and, and the way they're operating. 
they get blown oh, out that's bold if they get blown out then we can maybe continue the conversations that everyone started last year with if he or isn't he the guy um but i mean make quality passes that continued to get dropped last week which plagued him all last season so hopefully some of those guys find better ways to hold on to the ball you get juju smith schuster involved because we went out all out for him you get the running game going, this team could be a very dangerous team, and this would be a good test. If they have any level of success in keeping this game close, I'm going to take it as a win. I still think Miami's going to win this game. Dolphins! Uh, that was an incredible game last Like The the, the drop in the bucket, touchdown to Hill, and, and the with like, what, less than a minute and a half to go. It looked like it a video game dis- glitch. It was disgusting, dude. It was like, there it was. Yeah, it was like, uh, and and I thought I thought the DB played it excellent, but there's nothing there's nothing he could have done. Yeah, I've I've watched that catch a handful of times, and it still doesn't make sense how it. It's like it went through the man's body. It was it yeah. was incredible. Yeah, it's something else. All right, next second game for me, Chiefs Jags. Look, we didn't talk about this in week one, but the Chiefs should have worked the the lines. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have been close. And even if you take away Patrick Mahomes' pick six, which he's never done in an opening game in every year he's been in the league, it still would have been 20 to 15. Mm-hmm. It's just still not accept or 20 to 14 or 20 to 15, whatever it was going to be. It's still not an acceptable game for a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP to go out there and just make those types of mistakes. It doesn't matter that Travis Kelsey is was hurt. You should just be able to next man up. It doesn't matter that, tra- that you know, Terry Kill's not there anymore. You should just be able to go next man up. It's working with the running backs and Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Why isn't it working with the other skill positions? It's not just Chris Jones, who was holding out, but now has signed a one-year deal. Think about it like this, Tim. KC is pissed off because they lost week one. But Doug Peterson from the Jags took this team down 20 against the Chargers. And fucked around and won that game and sent Brandon Staley and the Charters and Justin Herbert home. The champs have been bloodied and everybody smells it. It's in the water and there's a line around the fucking block for these guys to just come up as a team every week to get a dub against them. So essentially, Kansas City has to play their best football every single week from from here on mm-hmm. out because they're going to get every team they face is a game. I'm going to go to the Chiefs here because I don't think that they're going to be held down but I do think this game is going to be way closer than it needs to be. Um, and I would be very interested if this game went to OT. I, I, I'm not going to say it's going to go to OT. Mm-hmm. I would be very happy if it did, yeah. to be honest. But uh, I usually try and mix it up a little bit when it comes to our picks from last week to this week, just so we get a little diversity in here. But it's not working out that way this week. I'm sorry. And I'm not sorry. Because <laughs> um, I'm going to go Cowboys-Jets. Because oh, Cowboys. Yeah, because the Cowboys just demolished the Giants. Wasn't really worth the conversation. Everybody saw it go down and it was a complete blowout. Uh Jones showed that he may not be the dude for the Giants. Uh they couldn't get the run game going. Like all around. That game was just a disaster. It fucked up my three way parlay, which was all oh, easy bummer. bets. All easy bets, low money. <laughs> just enough to you know cover the cost of the bets for the for the weekend uh and i all i needed him to do was get 14 and a half points that's all i needed from the giants and they couldn't accomplish that 
I had him on the under in terms of yardage. I had everything I needed for him. I I guessed exactly how that was going to go, and they just couldn't get anything going. Uh, and I'm hoping that potentially that was just sort of a little misstep on the Giants because I like when they are competitive. I don't know if I see that yet, but the Cowboys look like a legitimate team. You benched your starters in like the start of the fourth quarter. That's pretty bold. Um, the Jets' defense came out swinging, and like I said, they have a phenomenal defense. So I think this is one of those that's going to be a really good defensive matchup. Um, it's really going to test the offense and give us a better idea of what Wilson looks like with a little bit of game planning around his ability and what his game looks like. Granted, we saw a lot of that last season, and it wasn't the greatest, which is why he ultimately lost that starting position. But, um, I mean, they're both 1-0. They both have phenomenal defenses, so this could turn out to be a little bit of a surprise game. I think the Giants just all around weren't a great team. Their defense was terrible. Their offense was terrible. So this wasn't a, that wasn't a good test for Dak and the Cowboys. Uh, but I think this could be their first big test. You're going to see them go on, go up against the team that just proved themselves defensively. That's reeling from the emotional loss of their superstar quarterback. And now they're going to have to make some adjustments. I think this is another one where if there's any level of success that you can walk away as a Jets fan with a little bit of, uh, uh, not momentum, but a little bit of sort of optimism going into the following weeks. I think the Cowboys are still going to win this game, but I'm curious to see what it looks like going up, uh, against the defense worth their weight. I'm not totally sold on the Cowboys. I know last year, I think I may have said in the beginning, I thought they were going to be Super Bowl contenders. Week one, they look like it, but they were against a, a shitty Giants team. Um, yeah. So we're, we're on to, to New York number two, and we'll see how this goes. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Should be good. All right. I will end this episode of Assassin's Creed Podcast with this prediction. Okay. Yep. Matt, <clears throat> Stewart, mm-hmm. longtime listener of the podcast, big SDM faithful, massive Lions fan, mm-hmm. suckered me into joining a last minute fantasy football league. I'm sure he just needed a replacement, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm happy to be in a league. Um, I did not think the Lions were going to win week one. Mm. And now that the, the Seattle Seahawks are traveling to Detroit for their week two home opener, I'm shitting myself. <laughs> I've never worried about the Seahawks playing the Lions ever. Like in my Andre 3000 big boy outcast. Forever, ever, never, never, never. I've never worried about them, okay? Never. They've always won. Seahawks have always won against the Lions. Always. And I don't like this game. Dan Campbell from the Lions has always said, we're going to play a gritty type of football. We're going to bite your kneecaps off. You're going to hit us down. We're going to get back up. That's exactly what they did against the world champs. And Seattle just got thumped by a team that they play twice a year and they can't figure out. So... I am going to go upset here, and it hurts me to say this, but the the Seahawks are going to start the season 0-2. Mm. Like, they can't allow the type of game that they want to play like they did with the Rams, where they're 14-13 going into halftime, because that's exactly the type of team that Detroit is right now. Oh, you're so much better than us on paper. You should be 27-14 to right now, but you're not. You fucked around, and now it's 24-21, and we're about that life. We're going to keep it going. Plus... Seattle gives like the first or second most 
fantasy points to like tight ends. And Sam Laporta just tore up the Chiefs. That's the Chiefs. And they have a way better defense than the Seahawks. So like, I would not be surprised if the tight end gets two touchdowns this week. Jameer Gibbs gets five, six yards of carry. If Seahawks don't go up bigly and stay there, there's no way they win this game. And unfortunately, right now, they have not come to the reality that they are not the football team that everyone else is saying that they are. Everyone's like, oh, Seattle's comeback team. Seattle's a playoff contender. They could take the West. You watched the 49ers first week? They thumped the ever-living dog shit out of the Steelers. Yep. And yet, we got worked by a division opponent again. So I'd say uh, (laughs) they looked pretty doing it. Okay. All right. All right, Tim. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, look, I'm going to go Lions here because I just don't, I don't have faith in the, in the team. And I think as I've gotten wiser, okay, and I've seen more and more of the Seattle defensive players from the Legion of Boom era come back and hang out with Pete and do their podcast. And now there's like a, a mini series about the Legion of Boom and everything. And everyone's all hunky dory and Russ is not. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing Pete knows what the fuck he's doing. But it is stressful week one and week two of every season because the team has no idea what they're doing. They get knocked around. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking like Ben Asker, Logan Paul knocked around. We're talking like Rocky one, two knocked around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not good. So I think that I think I think the Seahawks will be much better in this game, but I don't think they're gonna win. And I think that the Lions are gonna fuck around and make the playoffs. A million percent. A million Ooh. percent. The back of golf? Oh yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Goff went to the Super Bowl. Put that, put that in. If, uh, put that in writing. Put it in writing. Here we go. Type in it in the show notes right now, and <laughs> that will do it for this episode of Stats Matter Podcast. <laughs> uh, we all thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it, Tim was besieged upon in The Last of Us uh, season one with a uh, clicker coyotes or whatever was out there. Oh I don't God. know. I I hope the audio makes it to the podcast <laughs> to the final the final edit because that shit was insane, dude. It was terrifying. You could yeah, all right. I'm glad you heard it because. Uh, I went out to try and get like a a record of it, and I uh, when I turned the light on, it spooked them enough. But the entire neighborhood, my house, the house behind us, had their flashlights out, trying to see what these things are doing. So, <laughs> flashlights? Where the fuck was your? Where were your guns? Ah, uh, coyotes! I could kick one of them. It'd be all right. They're little guys. Um, for some reason, I thought of uh, be prepared for the Lion King. I realized those were hyenas. So we should we should end there on this yeah, episode right. of Stats and Red Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 15 angry men. I've been having a lot of 15 angry dreams to tell you tonight. Peace. Bye, buddy. Peace.